Suzanne Javi with Headless Rider from her wonderful sophomore release, In the Clear. In the Clear is a gorgeous slice of Americana songwriting. Great songs beautifully played with a crystal clear voice that comes over like Emmylou Harris in her prime. The follow-up to her critically acclaimed debut album, Spiral Road. It's another winner, a fabulous album, and as far as I'm concerned, the best album of 2019 so far. And with that intro, I'm pleased to welcome Suzanne Javi to Folk Roots Radio. How are you doing today, Suzanne? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I got to say, I was blown away when I first received this album. Uh, your publicist put a note on it saying that I would really like it. And, you know, she's a good judge because from the first time I listened to it, I was just blown away. It's just absolutely fabulous. I was actually a little surprised because you were someone who for some reason, hadn't made it onto my radar, and I was trying to work out how I never heard about Spiral Road. 
Um, but now I do, and having had a chance to listen to that album as well as this one, and understand the stories behind your music, you know, I'm, I'm just so thrilled to, to be able to talk to you today. Thank you. It's, it's, it's really an honor, and I'm, I'm quite humbled by your comments. Very grateful. So this new album, it is the second album. Now, Spira Road came out of a family tragedy. Uh, um, what I can only imagine was, was a horrible, horrible thing to happen. Your, your eldest son falling down a spiral staircase. I gather from what you have shared in your, your notes that came out with both albums that, you know, the, the doctors didn't expect him to survive. That's right. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's such a funny memory, too, because it was Canada Day, July the 1st in 2011, and I remember the, the weather so clearly because I had been at the swimming pool with um, one of my younger kids, and I'd come back, and it was about 7 o'clock in the evening, and it was like 85 degrees out, and the sky was blue, and, and my older son was up north at his grandfather's farm with my um, ex-partner uh, and his twin sister, and I got this call and and um <laughs> it it was the call right it was that that terrible call and um i uh you know we got to the hospital we got the complete summary he was flown in by helicopter to um the hospital for sick children in toronto he was operated on immediately and um we were told by the head neurosurgeon that it was very grim, and that we should we should um, we should prepare ourselves. We should go be with him in ICU, and um, you know there was sort of a hint about you know did we want to think about organ donation and yeah. So that was the initial prognosis was that um, you know that death was very likely. So it's not the way it turned out. <laughs> no, obviously wonderful that you know that he started to recover, and I think. As I gather, it was during that period of being there for him and supporting them, and you know that you were all there, you know, trying to to will him to to come out of the coma and and start the recovery phase. That seems to be when you, your music started to flow through you. Is that right? I think that's that's fair. Yeah, that that's right. I mean, I'll, uh, he was in a coma for approximately a week, and. Um, I don't remember a lot about that time. I slept in a very small, dark room that they keep for parents near the ICU, and 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 every day we were watching for signs, and and there weren't very many of them. Um, and then, and it was just everything was so dark and quiet. And um, but th- the one morning at the end of a week, I got a call from the nurse really early saying that he was responding to commands. And so yeah, there was this crazy kind of emotional. I don't know, I, I mean, ecstasy or just unbelievable kind of miraculous joy. And, and so we, 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 his recovery began slowly but surely. And it was sometime in the two or three weeks after he began to wake up that I, I was home just sitting in my living room between hospital visits and, um, and my guitar was just lying around. And, it was the strangest thing. I, I, I picked up my guitar. I was feeling very spaced out and kind of still in shock. And, um, yeah, I just wrote a song. I wrote Before and After, which is the first song on my on Spiral Road. Um, and that was sort of the beginning of this huge wave of writing that I'd never experienced before. It, it's an amazing story because it, it sounds truly like it came from a another place I, I when i was reading your bio there was something in there about the fact that as a child i think that you'd actually de- developed a bit of stage anxiety by you know in performance by something that happened and you know to to go through a, a phase of of not you know really um you know feeling like you know you could write and and perform and then suddenly all of this coming out of you and i guess a lot of it probably you know just rushed out didn't it it did, and you're right. I had really bad stage fright as a child. I had performance anxiety, like you know, whether it was singing or playing instruments, because I did play piano, and whether it was a recital or anything else, I just, I just could not get control of that anxiety. But yeah, after after that initial song, which which kind of came out in this 
you know, in this burst. And I remember sitting there going, wow, <laughs> did I, did I do that? That's interesting. That's, that's really interesting. And, and I would say over the weeks and couple of months that followed, there were just so many moments like that where there was a lot of poetry that came out. There was, and mostly with melody attached to it. And so I was just writing song after song um, and kind of not analyzing particularly what was going on, but definitely sitting back and sort of wonder and 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 thinking about the mysterious nature of, of songwriting, because in my whole life I'd never really been able to do that. Well, when I read your lyrics for this album and listening to the lyrics from Spiral Road, it seems quite clear that you're a beautiful lyricist. Uh, were you, a, you Were you writing poetry, you know, in your earlier years? Yes, I was. I was writing lots and lots of poetry, some of it probably really terrible poetry and some of it not so terrible. But yeah, I was, I was definitely doing a lot of creative writing, you know, late adolescence and through my 20s and 30s. And I, I have lots of old kind of dog-eared, tea-stained booklets and papers and just piled up in, in closets from, from that, those periods of my life. Um, but, but never, it was never attached to music is what's interesting. And, and I played so much music in my life, you know, with friends or in my bedroom, a lot of singing, but I had never had sort of the union of lyrics and melody come, come together like that until, until this happened. So I, I, ha I mean, I have some theories about it. I, I mean, there's been quite a lot written about the connection between um, trauma and creativity. And I'm sure that that some aspect of what was going on with me is related to that. It has something to do with the mind shutting down. You know, the mind is a busy, chattering, analytical, controlling mind that goes on constantly with people, right? And and there's only a few things that can sort of shut that down. And I think crises and extreme life events can sometimes do that. And I, I really do think that's what happened with me. And it really just opened it up. It opened it up. It's like yeah. a, it's like a door opened. Yeah. It's like my mind closed and a door opened, and it's been and it's been open. It's been open ever since. Yeah. Well, there was eleven tracks on Spiral Road, so they must have come quite quickly, right? In that period of time. They did. Yeah, I would say I wrote, and there was more. I mean, I chose I chose the ones I wanted. There were you know there were more than more than eleven tracks, but yeah, they did come quickly. I think I wrote all of that. I don't know, with probably within six to eight months. And, uh, and and I didn't even know at first what to do with it. It took me a little while to actually sort of move through the steps of, at first I took it to my circle of musicians who I play with regularly, and then I, I kind of evolved from there, and I, I stuck my toe in the water and sort of thought aloud about making a record, which was an interesting process too. <laughs> so In the Clear is the follow-up. That is uh, another 10 tracks on that album, I imagine that it must almost feel a bit surreal when you look back at what's happened over the last few years. It completely surreal. If, yeah. if somebody had said to me when I was 30, you know, when you're older, you're going to have a wave of creativity and songwriting. You're going to make records. You're going to perform. I would have said, no way. No way. It, so it is, it is surreal. And you do... I think... When you write and like a song, I sort of think of songs like babies sometimes, you know, you, you, the genesis is inside you, but then you deliver them and then they kind of have a life of their own. And when you stand back from them, there's this, a weird sort of objectivity. It's similar with your children. It's like, well, I, I made them, but they're, they're of me, but, but they're not me. They're their own people. And it's, it's, it's the same with the songs. Like I, I, I can stand apart from the songs and go, wow, I, I, I wrote that. Isn't that interesting? And sometimes I listen to them and I, and I really feel like I'm inside them. And sometimes I listen to the songs and it's like it's somebody else. Hmm. Well, certainly I know from the first time I put it on, I mean, it was, I just read a review from someone who said that, you know, that this album really deserves to be listened to as a whole because I'm talking about the new album, but, uh, you know, all the, the, the tracks, they just, uh, they all speak to you and somehow together it's like these wonderful voices all coming out at the, at the same time. Let's talk about the first track from the new album. That was Headless Rider. 
uh, from the album In the Clear. And now, that is a song that I think uh, you wrote based on your daughter's experience with, you know, what happened to her twin. Yes, yes. It's, it's, um, it's funny because at some point after I'd written Spiral Road, I, I think uh, my daughter... Sarah, who sings with me on the record, by the way, that's her on Headless Rider singing all the harmonies. So she said something petulant to me about, like, why don't you, why are you only writing songs about Julius, my son Julius? Why don't you write something about me? So I said, well, I, I, you know, it's not really up to me. And she said, oh, don't be silly. And I said, no, honestly, I I really have to wait and see if something comes. So I said, but you know what, I'll I'll plant that seed. And so Sure enough, I, I kind of let it um, germinate, and, and, and then the Headless Rider came out. And, you know, my daughter had her own experience of trauma uh, in all of that, and I think um, has has spent a long time trying to figure out what the fallout is for her. And a lot of the metaphors in that song are really trying to capture that feeling of, of breaking free. Somebody reviewed the record recently and said that there's an incredible sense of sort of movement and freedom, but also desperation. And I think that some of that is supposed to be captured, you know, musically and lyrically, just, just, just flying away, flying through and, and, and beyond your problems and your trauma and not being defined by it. Well, it's certainly, it's a great start. uh, I was going to say it's a, it's a great song and a, a great start to the album. And I imagine, you know, you all, you know, you know, with the the ground shifting beneath your feet for everybody, and you know the fact that you know you have you know you're a uh, a mother of four. I I should also mention you're also a lawyer, which is yeah. the the day job, which which it still <laughs> blows my mind. And if people are are out there thinking, well, you know, you know, I think it it just it really speaks to the mystery behind creativity that suddenly, as you mentioned before, you have this sudden. Uh, release. I mean, it's. Um, I know you're a fan of science fiction, but I'm almost thinking it's something like out of altered states or something. Just sudden <laughs> rush of everything coming out of you. <laughs> it is, and you know, it's um, it's cool because now I have I've noticed that when I'm really ensconced in a, uh, something at work, like a file that's really uh, sort of complex and and I have to dive deep into really a set of facts and law that takes a lot of concentration and focus, or I'm writing some long memo, and I'll have a really intense period of focus on that, which is like left brain, you know, really analytical, kind of cold, clinical stuff. I find that often at the end of a little period like that, I'll have a huge burst of creativity. It just, it's, it's almost like a byproduct. It just, this juice just runs out of the other side of my brain. And sometimes it'll come out as really something funny and silly. And sometimes it'll come out in songs, but it, it's definitely stimulated, stimulates something on the other part of my brain. Mm. I think it's really cool. <laughs> I'd like to, to play another track from the album just now. And we're going to play point blank which is a song I think that it's quite different to to some of the other songs on the album. But I think it also speaks to the fact that, you know, that, you know, your son is doing much better, but, you know, because of the nature of the injury that he received, you know, the the road is still fraught with challenge. And I wanted to give you a chance to, to talk about this song and then we'll play it. Yeah, the, the road is very difficult. And, uh, I think in the early days, you know, when he was recovering, there was a, I guess you just dream and you hope that somehow they'll fully recover and everything will go back to the way it was. And that's just not going to happen. And people who have brain injuries face um, face a number of really difficult challenges, and one of which is mood swings and, um, you know, difficulty self-regulating and yeah, and and my son has definitely got moments that are incredibly challenging for me in terms of his what comes out of his mouth and the things he says and when his filters down and Point Blank is I, I wrote Point Blank after he had been over at my house one day and it had just been like a really awful sort of roller coaster ride um, just 
there had just been exchanges and an interaction which was really painful. And then by the time he left, it was sort of like the, the sun was breaking through the clouds and it was as if nothing had happened. And I just went to my music room and I, I wrote this song actually very quickly. But that's really what it's, it's, it's about kind of feeling like you're a little boat on an ocean just getting beaten up by the waves. And then all of a sudden, the wind calms down and the water's flat. <laughs> Let's play that just now. This is Suzanne Jarvi with Point Blank from her wonderful second album, In the Clear. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. Blow in like a hurricane Move out in a slow rain Mind bent up and insane Killing me like a freight train, baby Don't you get to feel strange Like Shane on the old grave 35mm frame It's a movie-sized blame game A point-blank range Get down on your knees You're gonna say thank you, yeah You're gonna say Drop into a black hole One man on a spaceship Another one on his last trip If you had all the lifespan Living high, living low rent Straighten out what's been so bad It makes you wonder where the time went
That's Suzanne Jarvie with Point Blank from her fabulous new album, In The Clear. I can't speak about how much I love this album. It, it truly uh, was such a wonderful surprise that when it arrived in the mail. And, you know, uh, Suzanne's our special guest on the show today. And, you know, you were mentioning when we were talking before about all of these songs coming out of, you know, experiences um, that you've gone through with that, that tragic accident that affected your son and then you know, going through the recovery phase. But the interesting thing about the way you write songs is that even if you didn't actually know the story behind this album and the past album, you know, the critically acclaimed Spiral Road from 2014, there's something that speaks to us all generally. And I found that when I'm listening to your songs, you can really connect to them. And I don't know, is that just the, the style of the poetry that you write that becomes the lyrics? I... I don't know. I I mean, I don't know how to 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 respond to somebody else's experience except to say that that I couldn't hope for anything more than to have someone like yourself say back to me that there was enough room even though the song might be about something very specific or an experience that there's enough room for you as a listener to have your own interpretation and take your own meaning away from it that that's private and personal to you i i i i think every songwriter can could not hope for anything more than that is it has that dual meaning you know it's it's that's the way i feel about neil young you know it's, it's just exactly like that is that he has these amazing lyrics that you know they're they're based in some personal experience and somehow they connect directly to you as well so Thank you for that. Well, it's interesting you bring up Neil because, you know, one of the things he does say is the, you know, the fact that he really has no clue where his music comes from. It just comes. And, you know, and it he channels. And, and I certainly get the impression from the conversation we've been having and some of the, the things you've talked about that it seems to be quite clearly that, you know, that there is a, a, a huge uh, channeling of creativity coming through you just now, which is is fascinating because, again, um, you know you're, you know you've been a lawyer for you know a, a lot of your life. It's been your your day job. You now suddenly have this burgeoning music career uh, with a second album, and yet when I watch videos, you're so natural, and it just gets me. It's like. Uh, you know, it's like I could, you know, there could have been another road or maybe there's another reality out there where Suzanne Jarvie just went straight into music. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. There really could have been another road or a parallel universe. And, you know, that's part of my, that fits perfectly with my sci-fi obsession anyways. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to walk that road right now um, actively and, and channeling it definitely channeling is is what's going on. I, I I do not sit at my desk at an appointed time in order to quote unquote songwrite ever. Like not ever. I something just comes in and I just have to hope my phone is nearby so I can grab it before it disappears. You know the way you try to remember dreams as you're waking up, and if you wait too long, they're they're completely gone. It's very similar. Tom Petty actually said the same thing that Neil Young, that you just said Neil Young said. He talked about just the incredibly mysterious, weird way that songs come in and that he doesn't even want to analyze it too much because he's afraid it's going to go away. I feel the same way. No, that, that, that's great. Let's talk about the ma making of the album because, you know, we haven't talked about one of the most important people in this project and the, the last album. That would be Chris Brown uh, from Wolf Island, who... I first met when he played the Hillside Festival, and I was trying to work out what the date was, but uh, with the Open Heart Society, one of his oh, bands, right. way back in the day. Right. And I, it's still, I have a wonderful, warm feeling every time I think about that performance, because the band were great, every, we all loved them, just absolutely fabulous. And he really is uh, building a, a wonderful reputation as a producer. Can you talk a little bit about his involvement in this project? Sure. Um, yeah, Chris is, Chris is a phenomenal producer. Um, and I was introduced to him through Gregor Beresford, who played drums on all of Spiral Road and, and is playing drums on some of the tracks on this record. Um, and it was, I put a feeler out to him, sort of saying, you know, he was an old high school friend. I said, I'm looking for, I've written a bunch of music. I've been thinking about making a record. Do you have any idea somebody who, you know, might be suitable for me, and he instantly introduced me to Chris. And um, it was a, an amazing process with Chris. You know, we met cold. We'd 
never met before. I knew what Chris's past, musical past, but he just came and sat in my kitchen, and we laid down all these bed tracks, and then before I knew it, I, you know, we went into his studio and made Spiral Road, which was just an unbelievable experience for me, never being in a studio before. Chris is um, an incredible musician as well. He's an amazing pianist, keyboard player. He plays pretty much every every style of keys you can think of. And um, so he plays on the records that he makes in, in addition to producing them. And he's got a um, an amazing sense of composition. So he can kind of toggle back and forth between fixed ideas that, you know, I have as an artist or that other artists have, and just that process of allowing, you know, when you're in the studio and somebody comes in for the afternoon to play on three tracks, there's only so much control you want to exert, you want to let them listen, and and just to see what happens, because magic happens all the time, you know, suddenly a little motif plays, or there'll be a phrase that gets played, and you're like, that's, that's it, right, like that, or some incredible solo comes out that you didn't compose, and so working with Chris is, is amazing, and, and the Wolf Island environment is amazing. I mean, he makes records there in this this small um, hobbit-like cabin that used to be the old post office, and uh, he's got great equipment and, uh, you know, the, just the, the sound and the acoustics are phenomenal. So he he's really sort of a center a centerpiece for me, like a linchpin for me on, in all of this, and has guided me so much and, and had a lot of patience as well while I just, you know, worked through wrinkles and self-doubt and all of that stuff. So, yeah, he's he's just amazing. And as you know, he's he's producing, in the last couple of years, he's produced so many incredible records. So, yeah, it's it's just been, he, he's a he's an amazing person. And what about the, the people that play on the, the album? I mean, are they people that, you brought together, or are they people that Chris suggested, or is it a combination of both? Um, mostly, a, I would say mostly Chris. Uh, the one connection for me is Eric Shankman, who is actually playing the amazing guitar track on Point Blank that you just played. And Eric is a very old friend of mine from high school. We're very good friends, um, and he's a brilliant guitar player, um, incredibly creative guitar player, blues guitar player, really edgy, and and he's. I mean, you know him from Spin Doctors, but he's very much a journeyman. Like he's he's got his own blues projects going on all the time. So he, I brought him in to play on a number of songs on Spiral Road, and I brought him back to play on two songs on In the Clear. Um, the rest of the musicians are phenomenal, and they're mostly Chris's uh, kind of connections and musical community, like Tony Sher, who's a, a bass player and a guitar player who lives in New York. Um, played all the, all over both records, um, like baritone guitar and, and electric guitar and acoustic guitar. The Abrams brothers, who are you know uh, amazing amazing Canadian musicians, bluegrass musicians. So all the fiddle that you hear on the record is is James Abrams, and some of the beautiful acoustic guitar you hear is John. Um, there's like Mickey Raphael is playing um, harmonica on the core. Um, uh, you know, Michael Blake is playing the the sax and the flute. He's out of New York. There's just a there's just so many um, incredible musicians, and even Hadley McCall Saxton, who's the young musician from Georgia, who's living on Wolf Island now, who just made her debut record, is singing backups on Point Blank. So, yeah, it's it's um, and I haven't even mentioned them all. So no, I did. I was going to say people need to get their own copy of this album and. Buy the CD because it comes with, uh, you get the lyric sheets, you get all of the information about the album. And this is an album, I, I kid you not, you really need to, to have in your collection. Um, we're going to go back to the album now with the title track, which actually has Burke Carroll playing Dobro on it as yeah. well. He, he, I Thank noticed his you. name wasn't mentioned and <laughs> certainly deserves to be in there because we don't want to, to slight it's anybody. <laughs> Now, the, the title track seems that the, the, there's almost a dreamlike quality to this, and it, and, and it seems to be that place that you go to, I, I don't know, to provide some relief from everything that's going on around you. Uh, can you talk about this song? Uh, yeah. In the Clear is, it's actually, it's actually a song I wrote a while ago, and it's, uh, it has a dreamlike quality to it. It's, it's, for me, it's this, meditation on um, longing longing for relief and a kind of freedom and for somebody to 
I guess I I used to I don't do it anymore, but for a long time after my son's accident, I had this fantasy that somebody was just going to shake me and wake me up and go, "It's all over. It's all over. It was just a dream. Your son is fine. Everything's going to go back to normal." Um, so it was sort of I got a chance to be objective about that and, and step back from that and realize that it was it was it was a feeling I needed to honor but also to let go and so and and also to accept that there's actually a lot of everything's perfect right now here right now and so the song the song has a lot of that in it in terms of the message the rest of it in terms of metaphors and um, I'd like to leave you know, some of that to the imagination of the listener. <laughs> and there's a lot of Western imagery sprinkled through this album. Is that, again, to, to create, you know, worlds that other people can connect with? I think so. I, I mean, I, I, I love rural and natural world Western imagery because of the, um, the freedom it, it just it just operates as this recurring metaphor in my mind, and it does link with even with space as a kind of frontier or whatever. Sorry to get all Star Trekky on you, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I think I I think I I love the way that's that's represented in those metaphors, and that's even the way I have that line about Shane, like Shane on the old Grange, right? Like I don't. Know oh yeah, I love that. Shane. Oh right. my god, so, it, I get goosebumps when you even mention the name. <laughs> Well, because Shane is such a strange film, too, yeah. right? It's you know, it, it's a very weird film, and it's a brilliant, beautiful, haunting film about this oh, yeah. man who comes down out of the mountains, sort of from nowhere. And and, anyways, so yes, I do love that imagery. I admit. <laughs> yeah. Well, my dad used to love westerns, and I still think about the end of that movie a lot. So that was just. That was just so good. Let's play this song just now. This is Susan Javi with the title track from her wonderful album, In the Clear. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Maybe if I open for the man behind the bright green door, you won't see the real me or anything that I stand for. Maybe if I lose this frame, I won't have to be ashamed. I'll hold on to heaven's mane in the saddle of your heart. Somewhere far away from here, long before the sun appears, you will Every single fear You will feel it, feel it Till you're back in, back in In the clear Brand new sheriff comes to town Plans to bring the outlaws down Shines his gun and he feeds his horse by the rivers of remorse Maybe if you close your eyes You won't see the little flies Bet you'll miss the desert sky And say goodbye to gray Somewhere far away from here Long before the sun appears Till you're back in, back in, in the clear. 
at the cherry blossom fair pale pink petals are raining down on apple carts and plastic crowns take a breath and jump right off the swimming rock to the swallow's loft step inside the giant box and say hello to gray That's Susan Jarvey with the title track from her great new album, In The Clear. It's I can't speak highly enough about this one. It's just absolutely fabulous. It's now available on Wolf Island Records. And I think I mentioned before we played that song that this is an album that you must get. And definitely get the CD version if you want to get the whole experience. Susan Jarvey is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. We're chatting about the album. Um, so, Su- Suzanne, you've got like, you know, two wonderful albums in. I think you also uh, made an EP before as well. Um, I noticed that, you know, that you're big in Europe, big in, the, big in the Netherlands and Ireland, from what I can gather. I'm not sure whether Canada or North America has quite cottoned on to you yet, though, have they? We're working on it. You know, it's the, the European connection was really amazing and I what I didn't know about um, Netherlands especially but also Sweden and a lot of Northern Europe is that they are really really into Americana and roots music so there are phenomenal circuits that you can you can play on there small beautiful intimate venues with listening audiences who really pay attention to the music so yes um, as far as you know North America goes Bernadette, who's who's my wonderful publicist, is you know uh, w- working on on getting the record out there and into people's hands and getting people to listen to it. We're working on the Canadian connections too, but it seems to be a little bit of a tougher road to hoe. You know what I mean? I, I I'm I'm not sure what it's about. It almost feels like the European audiences are they're eager to consume brand new stuff that nobody's heard and to be the first to weigh in on you know what's making the big impressions, as opposed to, I almost feel like there's a, a little bit more reticence over here. Well, we want to wait until it's been validated somewhere else, and then we'll maybe we'll step in, because I, I, it's almost like a lack of self-confidence or something like that. So I detect a little bit of that over here. So um, today is actually the release day. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So, so what happens now? Then you you mentioned that you're working on things. I'm, I'm wondering about performing live with the, this album. Are there going to be opportunities for North American audiences to to check it out? Obviously, I imagine that you'll have another tour across to Europe sometime later. Yeah, I do actually have a tour that's that um, getting booked right now for May. Um, so I'll be going over to the Netherlands in May, and we're still trying to figure out whether there'll be some dates in England and Ireland on that tour or on a follow-up tour. Uh, and yes, we are going to be working on um, a number of dates in Ontario, but they're not they're not secure yet. So it, it, anybody who's interested, you can just check my website. As soon as we have dates booked, they'll be going up there. And I'm booking a... I'm going to be booking a CD release party shortly, probably in late February, um, in Toronto, and that'll go up on on social media and and my website as well. So I guess just stay tuned for that info. Yeah, and all of the information will be up on susanjarvey.com. And I know there are people that check out this show uh, from Europe uh, as well as across North America. So you've got to see her live if you can check out the videos uh if you follow the links and head to youtube through suzanne's website you can also see some great videos uh of her her performing and i gotta say suzanne i i cannot well i this is one of those interviews where i gush all the way through but uh people need to need need to check out your music i i truly feel honored to be doing this interview today 
Um, it's a it's an absolutely fabulous album in the clear. And also check out Spiral Road uh, if, like me, you haven't had a chance to, to do that. We only have one thing left to do, and that's pick the final song to play. And I could have played any of the songs on this album. I mean, we haven't even talked about Trilogy, which is a nine-minute wonder that I will probably find time to play on the radio one day. But we're going to play One It Finds because this song, this is a song that I think leans into you, your interest in science fiction and how that weaves into the mysteries of life. Um, I love this song because it was the one that immediately spoke to me um, because, you know, the, the chorus. And I wanted to give you a chance just to talk about it. So if there's one song on the record that... I generally don't tell anybody what it's about. It's one it finds. And I think that's partly because the song arose out of something very specific and um, a bit odd. And I I sort of, I don't even want to tell people exactly what it's about because I don't want to limit the way people hear, experience it when they listen to it. So... I mean, I've seen in a few of the reviews, people have talked about sort of an extraterrestrial element, and I think that is definitely legit and makes makes complete sense. Um, thematically, the song this, this the song is sort of about a, a strange journey or dream uh, of, of of alienation and then reconciliation, um, and. I love that it speaks to you, given that you have no idea what it's about, and I think that's what I, that's where I'd like to leave it with everybody is is to think about all the ways in which it might speak to you without actually knowing anything about how it got written. No, that's great. Well, it's a great song, and I certainly, when I listened to it, I felt I was the one it found. So it's really cool. That's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> that's <great. laughs> This is Susan Jarvey with One It Finds from her fabulous new album, In the Clear. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And Suzanne, it's been an absolute pleasure. The pleasure is mine, honestly. I'm, I'm so honored. It's just been a thrill to chat with you today. So thank you so much for having me on. Dashboard lights lit up smartly When the probe came So I went down to your world With no name Held on with confusion to my life Held on to a stranger One it finds, I'm the one it finds, aren't I? I'm the one it finds, I'm the one it finds, aren't I? And the little light, and the little light that shines. 
middle of your little night Finding I'm the one it finds, aren't I? 